After an evil white supremacist targets blacks for mass killing in Buffalo, members of the left immediately try to blame the entire right. And we examine the real story behind the latest chaos in Israel. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Thousands of my listeners have already secured their network data. Join them at expressvpn.com slash Ben. All right, folks, we're gonna get to all the news in just one moment. First, using the internet without ExpressVPN, it's like leaving your keys in the car while you run into the gas station for a snack. I know you really, really want those Cheetos and most of the time it's fine. And then you come back out and your car is just gone. That was a dumb move by you. Don't leave the keys in the car and don't leave access to your internet just lying around. Every time you connect to an unencrypted network, cafes, hotels, airports, any hacker on the same network can gain access to your personal data. We're talking passwords, financial details, et cetera. It doesn't take much technical knowledge to hack somebody. Just some cheap hardware is needed. A smart 12-year-old could do it. Your data is super valuable. Hackers can make up to a grand per person selling personal information on the dark web. So why use ExpressVPN? Number one, it's really easy to use. I mean, you just fire it up up the app with one button. It takes just one button to download it. And now you are protected. It would take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. And it works on all your devices. We're talking phones, laptops, tablets, and more. I've been using ExpressVPN for years to keep my own internet safe. It's good enough for me. It's definitely good enough for people who are targeted less than I am. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash Ben. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Ben. You can get an extra three months for free. Expressvpn.com slash Ben. Well, folks, unless you've been living under a rock or unless you're Joe Biden and your brain doesn't work so much, you'll know that Backstage Live is back June 29th, the historic Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee. This is your chance to get your tickets before they sell out at dailywire.com slash Ryman. Last year, we said that we needed your help to fight back and save the culture. We are doing that with your help. We're doing it together. We're going toe-to-toe with the government over unconstitutional vax mandates and winning. We're throwing down the gauntlet to woke multi-billion dollar corporations like Harry's Razors and Disney. And we are boldly exposing the truth about Anthony Fauci, the pro-choice movement, and radical gender ideology. This is what building the future looks like. So on June 29th, we're going to get together and celebrate our victories, maybe a few surprises. You don't want to miss out. We don't want you to miss out either. Head on over to dailywire.com slash Ryman. Get your tickets for Backstage Live today. Alrighty, so over the weekend, horrific attack, massacre in Buffalo, New York, according to the Associated Press. A white 18-year-old wearing military gear and live streaming with a helmet camera opened fire with a rifle at a supermarket in Buffalo, killing 10 people, wounding three others Saturday in what authorities described as a racially motivated violent extremism attack. Police said he shot 11 black and two white victims before surrendering to authorities in a rampage he broadcast live on the streaming platform Twitch. Later, he appeared before a judge in a paper medical gown and was arraigned on a murder charge. According to police, this was very clearly a racial attack, a racially motivated attack. This shooter, this mass shooter, we don't mention the names of mass shooters on the program. This mass shooter put out a 180-page manifesto before doing what he was doing. Here is the police explaining what exactly was going on here. This was pure evil. It was straight-up racially motivated hate crime from somebody outside of our community outside of the city of Good Neighbors, as the mayor said, coming into our community and trying to inflict that evil upon us. The suspected gunman specifically went to an area that was heavily black, and that that is according to his manifesto. The gunman shot four people outside the store, three fatally, according to the Buffalo Police Commissioner Joseph Gramalia. Inside the store, security guard Aaron Salter, retired Buffalo police officer, fired multiple shots. A bullet hit the gunman's bulletproof armor but had no effect, according to the police chief. The gunman then killed the guard, according to the commissioner, and stalked through the store, shooting other victims. Police entered the store. They confronted the gunman in the vestibule. He put his rifle to his own neck. Officers talked him into dropping the gun, and then he surrendered. Okay, so naturally, this has prompted all sorts of soul-searching about what 
what prompted this attack, what was behind this attack. The one thing that we definitely know is that once again, the authorities fail to take dangerous people off the streets and keep them off the streets. According to NBC News, the 18-year-old man suspected of killing 10 people and injuring three others at a Buffalo, New York supermarket on Saturday had been previously investigated for making a violent statement. The suspect was investigated by New York State Police last year for making a threatening statement in June when he was a minor, according to a law enforcement official. The threat was about wanting to carry out a shooting according to a different senior law enforcement official. Apparently, it was a school shooting. A state police spokesman who did not release a name to NBC News said the subject of the investigation had been transported to the hospital for a mental health evaluation at the time and was not charged with the crime. Buffalo Police Commissioner Joseph Gramalia said the suspect was evaluated and released and no further complaints were made. He said there was nothing picked up on state police intelligence and nothing picked up on FBI intelligence. He said police are limited in how far they can take investigations and in monitoring social media, saying not everything constitutes a violation of the law. Gramalia said it would be a lengthy investigation on both the federal and local levels. So once again, this is somebody with a bevy of red flags attached to him. And once again, the bevy of red flags did not result in somebody being taken off the streets who was about to perpetrate a horrific crime in the murder of well over 10 Americans in Buffalo, New York. So you know, our law enforcement officials, they've not been given either the statutory power to take people off the streets who are dangerous to themselves or others for any protracted period of time, or they don't have the wherewithal to do so. But once again, most Americans are going to look at this and they are going to say, how is our system continuing to fail us? How many red flags have to go off or how many red shooters before we start to say that law enforcement needs to be given further tools and further resources to do its job? Because that's really the only solution to this. Naturally, the left immediately swiveled from focus on red flags and and mental health issues. And they focused immediately into the idea that because this shooter was a white supremacist, therefore the entire right is guilty of white supremacy. And this is the shtick of the media. Everyone I don't like is responsible for mass shootings. Now, the peg that they are trying to hang their hat on here is the fact that this guy was a devotee of the so-called great replacement theory. Now, what the left is trying to do is broaden out the term great replacement theory to include any sort of normal concerns about illegal immigration, any suggestions that demographic voting patterns make a difference, which, of course, everybody, both left and right, knows that they do. I mean, the, the left has been claiming for literally as long as I've been alive, the changing demographic patterns in the United States were going to shift the politics of the country in a progressive direction. This is the base of Roy Teixeira's, the emerging Democratic majority in 2003. So if you want to talk about the Great Replacement Theory and what this person actually thought, you have to actually read the manifesto and you actually have to know what the Great Replacement Theory is. The Great Replacement Theory is the theory that essentially there is a, there are a bunch of Jewish elites and this coterie of Jewish elites wish to pervert, wishes to pervert the racial stock of a country like the United States, a predominantly white country, in order to weaken the country from within. That is the Great Replacement Theory. It is not concerns about illegal immigration. It is not concerns about cultural assimilation. The Great Replacement Theory is the idea there can never be cultural assimilation. The Great Replacement Theory is the idea that racism, that, that race is destiny. In fact, the racial essentialism of great replacement theory looks a lot more like wokeism than it does like mainstream conservatism or mainstream liberalism. Neither of the two major democratic parties is a believer that simply because you are of a particular race, this means that you are inherently genetically designed in order to vote a particular way. That is relegated to the wokest left and it's relegated to the white supremacist right who sort of join hands in this belief that we can look at your race and know inherently how you're going to vote and how your kids are going to vote and how your grandkids are going to vote. But basic concerns over illegal immigration and how that shifts voting patterns, that is not the great replacement theory. Concerns about whether new immigrants to the United States are going to assimilate to the American way of life, that's not the great replacement theory. So what the left is trying to do is take 
the classical great replacement theory, a neo-Nazi white supremacist theory, and then conflate that with all these other normal concerns and then say, if you have those concerns, you are part of the movement that led to this mass shooting in Buffalo, New York. And it's very obvious they're doing this and they're doing it for a political purpose. We'll explain in a second. First, the value of your minivan pickup sedan, whatever you drive right now, it probably appreciated significantly last year. Maybe the only good thing about Joe Biden's inflation. Well, what does that mean? It means you really have to take care of your car because frankly, you can't afford a replacement. This is why you need rockauto.com. They only sell auto parts and related tools. They've been doing it for over 20 years. Their unique intuitive catalog includes photos, specs, and installation tips that make it easy to choose the correct parts for your specific vehicle. They not only have the auto parts you need, they'll give you a selection of trusted name brands to choose from. You can pick brakes that match how you use your vehicle whether that's for towing, racing, or just commuting to work. You can get suspension, exhaust, air conditioning, and other kits that provide all the parts you need for a successful repair. RockAuto.com has lots of parts you might expect would only be available at car dealerships if they're available at all. Parts like the fan inside your seat that cools your butt. And they've got everything you need over at rockauto.com. So what exactly are you waiting for? Go to rockauto.com for your auto parts. Write Shapiro in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that I sent you. Otherwise, you're going to end up at one of these auto parts shop waiting in line to get to the front. And finally, there's some schlub behind the counter who's telling you that he has to order it online. You could just skip all of that by going online right now at rockauto.com. Get your auto parts. Write Shapiro in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that I sent you. And again, you, know, you don't have to be a, an expert in this sort of stuff to understand that what the media are doing about this is lying. So, I mean, for example, if you look at the actual manifesto of the shooter, and the only reason I'm bothering to look at the manifesto of the shooter is if you're going to, in the media, cover the manifesto and then ignore what the manifesto actually says, I'm going to have to correct the record. This is a direct quote from the manifesto. Are you conservative? No, conservatism is corporatism in disguise. I want no part of it. Are you a neo-Nazi? I support neo-Nazism. Okay, like, this is, this is not... This is not a person who considered himself a typical conservative. This is not somebody who was worried specifically about just voting patterns. This is somebody who's worried about the racial stock of the United States being because he's a white supremacist. That is a different thing. So what the left attempts to do is, of course, conflate all of these concerns and then say that you are responsible for this attack. If you're concerned about the fact that there are going to be 18,000 illegal immigrants who are going to be joining us on the border every day, according to the Department of Homeland Security with the end of Title 42, this means that you are now an incipient white supremacist or at least an inspiration to white supremacists everywhere. And apparently the entire media and Democratic Party have decided to mirror this perspective. So for example, you have Nancy Pelosi yesterday. She specifically asked on CNN whether right-wing figures share responsibility for the attack. Now, I don't remember anyone from CNN asking if Bernie Sanders shared responsibility for the congressional baseball attack. The congressional baseball shooter literally was spouting Bernie Sanders when he went and shot people. And I said at the time, Bernie Sanders is not responsible for this. The BLM shooter who killed several Dallas police officers in 2016, he, Barack Obama was not responsible for that shooter. It, it turns out that in order for people to be responsible for other people committing acts of heinous violence, they have to be espousing acts of heinous violence against other human beings. But this is not the media model. The media model, because the goal here is shut up, the media model is, if I disagree with you, you're now responsible for mass shootings. Therefore, we have to stop you because your words are causing violence. So here is Dana Bash on CNN, basically just feeding up softballs to Nancy Pelosi. Are your political opponents responsible for the mass murder of black people in a Buffalo, New York supermarket? The racist purported manifesto is based on the really repugnant white supremacist idea that people of color are replacing white people in the United States. And as you know, this isn't just a fringe theory on the corner of the Internet. It, it's being pushed by right-wing media personalities and some political figures. What do you say to them 
And do they share any responsibility in this attack? It's so horrible, and it's a horrible way to wake up on Sunday for these families to face that reality and to have it be part of a philosophy in our country, as you described. It's part of a philosophy in our country, according to Nancy Pelosi and Dana Bash. And I got to say, this is really gross because, again, there is no mainstream part of the political movement in this country that believes that there is a Jewish conspiracy to degrade the racial stock of the country by shipping in brown people. Normal concerns about illegal immigration or cultural assimilation and immigration, that is not just the United States, that is common in Europe, that is common in Japan, that's common literally everywhere on the planet. There are concerns about immigration. Conflating those things is an attempt to destroy your political opposition through attribution of views that people do not actually hold. But this is exactly what the left is going to do now because they do this all the time. And when there was a, a shooting at a Walmart that targeted Latinos, a white supremacist targeted Latinos at a Walmart in Texas. You remember, there was an attempt to pin that on the entire right. When Kathy, when, when Gabby Giffords, the Arizona congresswoman, was shot by a deranged nut, the attempt was Sarah Palin is responsible for this and so is the broad scale Republican rhetoric. But when it turns out that a left-wing violent person does a left-wing violent thing, then we have to make sure that we, you know, we definitely wouldn't want to attribute this person's views to anybody else, even if they're deliberately citing those views. We definitely wouldn't want to do that. It's not just Nancy Pelosi, Senator Chris Murphy of Connecticut. He did the same thing. He suggested that this is all because of Fox News. Now, again, the manifesto contains no mention of Fox News, like none. It's 180 pages long. It contains a bevy of sources this person said that he trafficked in, including the Daily Stormer, which is an actual neo-Nazi site. But according to the left, it's all Fox News, of course. There's two really frightening phenomenon that are happening in this country right now. The first is the normalization of racism, uh, right? You have um, racist ideology and speech now embedded inside major American institutions, the Republican Party, the former president's political operation, Fox News, um, and it is fueling a level of violence um, that we have never seen before. It's just it's an incredible lie. It's just an incredible lie that because there are Republicans who are concerned about illegal immigration or because there are Republicans who are concerned about vote progressive voting patterns that Democrats brag about. They brag about this. Hey, the, the, the so-called browning of America, which is something I've said I don't care about because I don't care about that. I care about how people vote. I care about how people assimilate. I care about how people reflect American values in the Declaration of Independence and Constitution. I've said this stuff very openly, very clearly, many, many, many times. But the idea here is that if you care about any of those things, then you are part of the great replacement theory. According to the left, everybody on the right is responsible for white supremacist shootings, including people like me, who literally are featured as a rat in the manifesto. I'm, I'm not kidding you. We'll get to this in a second. First, soaring inflation is pushing the Fed to raise rates quickly and aggressively. They did it last week. They're planning many more hikes this year. So you have to be on the lookout. Take care of your finances and your investments. Do everything you can to come out ahead. This includes spending less on interest payments, whether it be your home loan, credit cards, or personal loans. Look at all of it. In fact, let American Financing look at all of it. They're a family-owned lender known for its custom loan solutions and its no-pressure approach to lending. I've worked with them for a long time now. I know their salary-based mortgage consultants will take care of you. American Finance and will do everything they can to help you save up to a thousand bucks a month plus tens of thousands of bucks long term. So why not learn more? We are headed into an unstable economic environment. You need to check out your options today by calling my friends over at American Financing. It only takes 10 minutes to start. Call 866-721-3300. That's 866-721-3300 or visit AmericanFinancing.net. NMLS 182-334, NMLSConsumerAccess.org. Let them walk you through all of your various financial options because again, 
The interest rates, they're going the wrong way. So now is a great time to refinance. Go check it out right now. 866-721-3300. You have Wesley Lowry over on CNN attempting to attribute this shooter to views like mine. Now, in a second, I will show you how stupid this is because it really is like provably idiotic. But here is Wesley Lowry, who used to report for the Washington Post. The stuff Tucker and Laura Ingram say every night, it, it, it could be written by white supremacists very often. There is a section of this manifesto uh, where the shooter starts talking about people always say diversity is strength. How is it strength? What do we, and it, it, I could hear it in Tucker's voice. He says this all the time, right? But the Ben Shapiro's of the world say this. There's a big chunk about uh, about the idea of, of genetic differences that could have been pulled from an Andrew Sullivan column, right? There are plenty of people in our politics, in our media, who advance these ideas and advance them frequently. It's Andrew Sullivan, too. Okay, and, and for some reason, my name gets mentioned in connection with the great replacement theory, despite the fact that I have never and would never propagate the actual great replacement theory, because not only is it ridiculous and stupid in every facet, also it suggests that Jews are responsible for all the world's problems. <laughs> okay, I'm literally, there's a picture of me in this manifesto, not as somebody who's inspiring the shooter, but as one of the genetic types of Jew who controls the world. Okay, that I'm like, there's, this is an actual picture from the manifesto in which there's a picture of me and it's labeled the rat. But according to Wesley Lowry over at CNN, this is because people like me are inspiring this sort of thing. Again, the goal here is everyone I don't like is responsible for mass shootings, so they all have to shut up. Right, this is I'm literally in the manifesto next to Peter Beinart, who I think is despicable, right? I think Peter Beinart is awful, but Peter Beinart has, has, sort of a, a similar look, I guess. And so the idea is that we both look like rats because we are both Jews and therefore we are both proponents of the idea that the racial stock of the United States must be degraded by bringing in quote unquote inferior peoples. That's what this actual shooter says. And the idea from Wesley Lowry is that Tucker's saying that and, and I'm saying that, which is nuts. Okay, this is just crazy towns. But again, when you understand the goal here, which is perverse and sick, which is to lump in white supremacist shooters with anyone who is mainstream right, you get it. Abby Phillips did the same thing on CNN. She blamed Tucker. She blamed Fox News. Here we go. If you watch Fox News, this is the mainstay of their primetime hours. Tucker Carlson discusses it in sometimes euphemistic form, but not really that all that euphemistic. What does this country do about the way in which this idea of white replacement has just become part of our politics? Oh, it's, it's just become part of our politics that white, whites are being replaced. Okay, again. Which argument are you making? So the goal here for the left is to make the great replacement theory cover everything. And that way, everything I don't like is the great replacement theory, and it must be stopped because it's dangerous. So, for example, you have a piece from the Daily Beast. This one is by the odious Wajahat Ali. And I say odious because he's intellectually odious. He's really, really dishonest. In which he says Republicans and the conservative media ecosystem have to answer for blood on their hands. Either through innuendo or direct statements, they continue to promote the white supremacist great replacement theory, which has yet again radicalized the terrorists to commit violence against people of color, and they should be held accountable for their role in it. According to Wajahad Ali, it's clear from the shooter's alleged manifesto that the great replacement theory, which is now a mainstream GOP talking point, continues to radicalize men to commit violence. And yet some Republican leaders and conservative pundits continue to promote this hate for the sake of votes, profit, and ratings. 
Enough is enough. So first of all, let me just make also clear that the left's demographic arguments have been completely wrong. So they've been arguing for several decades that as more brown people enter the country, there will be a demographic move in favor of progressive voting. And as the Hispanic voting patterns right now are showing, that's absolutely untrue. But back to what Jahad Ali's garbage column, he says, until Republican leaders and media, conservative media stars explicitly renounce this white supremacist conspiracy, condemn it, and disassociate from its peddlers, it's fair to conclude they're entirely complicit with its message. And so he says, that every Republican elected official must be asked the following questions. Quote, do you believe in the replacement theory? Do you condemn the replacement theory? Or do you support the ideology that has inspired numerous mass terrorists? If you do condemn it, then why are you and your colleagues repeating it? Hey, so here is the thing. He then, several paragraphs down, actually describes the quote-unquote great replacement theory. And the great replacement theory, he says that half of Republican voters support it. Half of, okay, which is not true. Half of Republican voters are concerned about illegal immigration and or cultural assimilation by immigrants. That is not the same thing as the quote-unquote great replacement theory. But somewhere down here in the article, he actually does acknowledge the nature of what the great replacement theory actually is, which is a Jewish conspiracy theory, right? That the Jews are, are actively attempting to replace. It's the, the Jews will not replace us language that you saw, that you saw people chanting at Charlottesville. So how many Republicans actually believe that stuff? The answer is pretty much none. But if you broaden out great replacement theory to include everyone who has legitimate concerns about immigration, then this means that everyone who has concerns about immigration has to be silenced because after all, they might be incipient mass shooters. So for example, you have Talia Lavin, who writes for Rolling Stone and who is just awful. Talia Lavin, you'll recall, was complicit. Well, actually, it was her fault that there was a, a border patrol agent who ended up being fired because she misidentified a tattoo on him as a neo-Nazi symbol. And the guy ended up losing his job. So now she's back for more. And she has a piece at Rolling Stone titled, The Buffalo Shooter Isn't a Lone Wolf. He's a mainstream Republican. She says there's no such thing as a lone wolf, an appellation often given in error to terrorists who act alone, particularly those of the white supremacist variety. There are only those people who, fed a steady diet of violent propaganda and stochastic terror, take annihilatory rhetoric to its logical conclusion. There's never a lone wolf? Weird, because I feel like she wouldn't extend this logic to, for example, the several billion dollars in property damage done by Black Lives Matter rioters. I feel like she wouldn't do this with regard to, say, radical Islamist terrorists. When it comes to a white supremacist who is making a pretty distinctive claim in his manifesto, we have to ignore the distinctive claim in the manifesto, and we have to pretend that Republicans of broad scale are supporting this sort of stuff. You have the same thing from the Washington Post today. The Washington Post, piece by Mariana Sotomayor, has a piece titled, Stefanik Echoed Racist Theory Allegedly Espoused by Buffalo Suspect. And then this was passed around the internet like wildfire, this particular piece, because, again, it is a very, very convenient argument that you see people on the left making, which is that Republicans are the ones who are truly responsible for all of this. Republicans are, okay, here is the thing. It's not true. Okay, in just one second, We'll get to what Elise Stefanik actually said. What Elise Stefanik actually said is not, in fact, a is not a great replacement theory knockoff. Here's what Elise Stefanik actually said. We'll get to that in just one second. First, if you are a small business owner, you have to know that it's really important to have a marketing strategy that is big for us here at Daily Wire. Well, this is why you need Constant Contact. It's a digital marketing platform that helps small businesses and nonprofits of all sizes build, grow, and succeed. They've got email marketing, contact management, industry-leading list growth tools, social media ads, and more. Constant Contact will help your small businesses connect with customers, find new ones, and sell online all 
from one easy-to-use platform. They've been trusted by millions of businesses to help improve their marketing. With a 97% deliverability rate, you can rest assured that your customers and potential customers are getting the right message at the right time. They've got a simple interface. Constant Contact's easy-to-use platform makes contact management easier than ever. And their list growth tools help you find a bigger audience fast. Lead generation landing pages, text to join, social media ads are proven to grow your list and drive engagement with your brand. We here at The Daily Wire, again, we care a lot about marketing. Constant Contact is a fantastic tool. Powerful automation tools help you send the right message to the right person at the right time every single time. You can't afford not to have Constant Contact. To start your free digital marketing trial today, visit ConstantContact.com. Okay, here's what Elise Stefanik actually said. Okay, this is, she said, a serious Facebook ad she published in, in September of 2021 by her campaign committee. It said, radical Democrats are planning their most aggressive move yet, a permanent election insurrection. Their plan to grant amnesty to 11 million illegal immigrants will overthrow our current electorate and create a permanent liberal majority in Washington. Okay, so here's the thing. If you're a Democrat, you've been spending the last several years claiming that Republicans are attempting to suppress the minority vote. And this is, this is horrifying because they're suppressing the minority vote in order to suppress Democratic votes. This is an argument made by Democrats. So, question. How can you simultaneously argue that Republicans are attempting to suppress the minority vote in order to stop Democrats from voting? And also, Republicans are racist for identifying minorities with Democrats. You're going to have to square that circle. But the idea here is that this is all part of the broader theory that is propagated by the right. Again, another article by Paul Farhi over at the Washington Post. Conservative media is familiar with the Buffalo suspect's alleged theory. The suspect in Saturday's killing of 10 people at a Buffalo supermarket allegedly wrote a document endorsing great replacement theory, a once fringe racist idea that, that became a popular refrain among media figures like Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram of Fox News and conservative writer Ann Coulter. The theory was once confined to far-right white extremists who cast immigration as a plot by the elites to take political and economic power away from white people. It has gained broader circulation in recent years as a talking point among prominent conservative media figures. Again, the, the, the basic attempt as always, is just conflate it. Conflate everything. And if you conflate everything, then the idea is that, that you are now responsible for mass shootings. So ignore what the guy actually said in his manifesto and just kind of make up what you wish he had said in his manifesto so that you could claim that he's a mainstream Republican. So what is the goal of this? The goal is eventually you shut down speech, right? The idea here is that if you can conflate everything with the Great Replacement Theory, then anybody who disseminates anything you don't like can be shut down. Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, basically just said this straight out. She says social media should shut down any discussion of quote unquote great replacement. Now, first of all, I don't think that discussions should generally be shut down, even of theories I hate, including the anti-Semitic conspiracy theory that is the great replacement theory. Again, half of that manifesto was dedicated to the evils of Jews. But even if I did believe you should shut that stuff down, which I don't, that would still not cover the kind of stuff Democrats are counting now as the great replacement theory. Kathy Hochul is basically saying social media should be shut down to prevent this sort of stuff. It's spreading like a virus now. The white supremacy manifestos, the white supremacy concept of replacement theory, where they're concerned and now taking to the streets in places like Charlottesville and others, uh, motivated by this idea that, that immigrants and Jews and blacks are going to replace whites. And that is spreading through social media platforms that need to be monitored these companies have a lot of money they have resources they have technology keywords show up they need to be identified someone needs to watch this and to shut it down the second it appears social media is now responsible for shutting this is always their goal it's amazing how all of this lines up with the goal of the left which is to shut down all speech i don't like so the idea is i lump you in with a bunch of horrible people 
And we don't like their speech, so we don't like your speech. So social media should shut down all of that speech. How transparently amazingly stupid is this argument? The argument is so stupid that people were trending Kyle Rittenhouse over the weekend. Kyle Rittenhouse was responsible for shooting three white people, not black people, white people in self-defense. And they were conflating this shooter who literally went to a supermarket in order to murder black people with Kyle Rittenhouse who shot several white people in self-defense. This is a common meme over the weekend. It came up over and over and over. Again, Rittenhouse trended for this. So, for example, you had Chuck Modi, who's a sports writer for Deadspin, tweeting, quote, when Kyle Rittenhouse becomes a hero instead of an inmate, don't be surprised when more of this happens. What the hell does that have to do with Kyle Rittenhouse? Or, for example, you have Gregory McKelvey, the vice chair of Oregon Democrats Black Caucus and former chair of of Atlanta DSA, tweeting, quote, Black people being gunned down is what happens when society lifts Kyle Rittenhouse up as a hero and treats Kaepernick as a villain. So hold up a second. Kaepernick has million-dollar contracts from places like Nike and ends up on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Kyle Rittenhouse shouldn't have even been tried. They didn't have the evidence for it. But Kyle Rittenhouse, who shot white people, is somehow responsible for a black... Because again, everything I don't like is white supremacy. Tristan Snell, who is a founder of MainStreetLaw.Law, commentator for CNN and MSNBC. He said, remember when we said that acquitting Kyle Rittenhouse would embolden the next Kyle Rittenhouse to be far worse? Yeah. What does that have to do with Kyle Rittenhouse? The f- what are you even talking about? Naveed Jamali, who is a Newsweek editor at large, tweeted, we are witnessing the Kyle Rittenhouse effect. And it, it's amazing stuff. And then, of course, you have a person named Dash Dabrowski, who recently was suggesting that it's good that we leak Supreme Court opinions. I guess this, this human is a UCLA law student. And he tweeted, the shooting in Buffalo is the result of Fox News and the GOP praising Kyle Rittenhouse as a hero for shooting two innocent people to death and facing no legal consequences. Uh, he didn't shoot two innocent people to death. They were both attacking him. It's the result of Rittenhouse getting to meet the president at Mar-a-Lago to celebrate his acquittal. This is all so transparent and it's so transparently insane. And again, if you're going to argue that everyone who has concerns about illegal immigration is now a part of the Great Replacement Theory, you're going to have to deal with the fact that a lot of Democrats have serious questions about illegal immigration, ranging from Joe Manchin to, for example, the Democratic Texas representative. He says there are 100,000 illegal immigrants who are just waiting for Title 42 to end. Is this guy, this one right here, is this guy a member of the Great Replacement Theory because he's concerned about illegal immigration? Is that what's happening here? Why do you say Title 42 must not be lifted? Well, we don't have the resources in place, either from the state or the federal government, to be able to address the number of immigrants and migrants that are crossing. So in those conversations with the Mexican officials, we have been privy to a number of videos and a number of information that shows that there's over 100,000 migrants just ready for Title 42 to end. We don't have the resources and we don't have the manpower to be able to handle that. That is Texas State Representative Eddie Morales, a Democrat. Democrat, but apparently he seems kind of Hispanic to me, but maybe he's a white supremacist. Maybe, you just don't know. A proponent of the great replacement theory. And lump all this stuff together and you can get away with what you need. Meanwhile, Joe Biden says that he is now going to head over to Buffalo, which is perfectly predictable. Now, here's my view on the president visiting sites of tragedy. I don't like it when it's any president because I feel like it's grandstanding almost always. Almost always. Whether it is a, whether it's President Trump visiting burned out stores in, in Wisconsin or whether it is President Biden now visiting Buffalo. I don't, I don't think the president descending on places of tragedy is generally good for the country. I just don't think that it, unless it's like a foreign attack on a domestic American institution like the World Trade Center and it's George W. Bush going there. Like that's the only single example I can think where I've thought that that was a good idea. I don't like it when presidents go to disaster areas when there's a hurricane or anything else. 
And it doesn't matter if it's a Republican or a Democrat because it's just a, it's a use of public resources in order for somebody to make a political point almost always. And so I'm generally not in favor of it. But if you're going to do it, if you're going to make it a, a point of honor that the president of the United States is supposed to go to sites of mass shootings or mass killings, then you at least have to be consistent about it. Joe Biden is pretty picky about which sites he goes to. So for example, according to the New York Post, Biden will travel to Buffalo on Tuesday in the wake of the massacre there. Governor Kathy Hochul wrote in a tweet on Sunday that they would welcome him anytime. Quote, I appreciate his outreach and the opportunity to tell him about my hometown's, my hometown's strong, resilient, and fighting spirit. We are the city of good neighbors. I told him we will welcome him anytime. But then again, you recall that um, Joe Biden refused to visit Waukesha, Wisconsin, right? because Waukesha, Wisconsin was the site of a black supremacist who mowed down a bunch of white people, including some school children, during a Christmas parade. But Jen Psaki said, you know, he didn't have time. The public resources just weren't available. So weird how the public resources are available for him to go to Buffalo. They are not available for him to go to someplace like Waukesha. I wonder if it has something to do with the underlying politics. Why hasn't the president visited the members of this Christmas parade attack? Well, I would say first, um, as you saw the president convey last week, our hearts go out to this community. Uh, obviously, any president going to visit a community requires a lot of assets, requires taking their resources. And uh, it's not something that I have a trip previewed at this plan point in time. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it takes up a lot of resources and it really clogs up the arteries of a main American city like, say, Buffalo, New York. Weird that that argument only applies to Waukesha, but does not apply to Buffalo, New York. Almost as though the president's going to go there and then blame all of his political opponents for what just happened in Buffalo, which is going to be really, really ugly. And unfortunately, has become a staple of Democratic political rhetoric at this point. That anytime there is an evil racist attack, it's all my opponents must answer for this evil racist attack, even if there is no support to the idea that they either backed it or drove it or anything remotely like that. Uh, you want to talk about what's polarizing the country? It would be stuff like that. This would be like a great moment for unity, gang, because it turns out that everyone hates white supremacists. Right, left, center. We all hate the white supremacists because their views are garbage. But instead, the left is like, no, 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 half of you, like literally half of you believe the same thing that this guy who went up and shot a, a largely black area supermarket, that you believe exactly the same sort of stuff. Frankly, if, if Democrats believe that, they should go to civil war with the people who believe that sort of stuff. If you actually believe that half of America wants to just walk into a supermarket and mow down black people, it seems like you probably should go to war with those people. But I don't see you doing that. I see you mainly suggesting this for purposes of political victory. And the reason for that, of course, is because you're sinking in the polls, which is the most cynical sort of politicking. I don't think that it's any coincidence that Joe Biden is seizing on this and trying to turn this into a hot button divisive political issue where, again, we all agree white supremacy, evil. It's, I, I, I'm never going to get over the, the fact that there is a picture of me literally featured in that manifesto and there are commentators who are blaming me for the guy doing this, like a picture of me as a rat in the manifesto. And yet it's people like me who are responsible for all of this. I'm, I'm, I'm just never going to get over that. I'm never going to get over the fact that there's an entire side of the political aisle that will say that I am forwarding the the aspirations of white supremacists when I am pretty much the number one political target of white supremacists in America. Certainly I was in the 2016 election by all available data. Like they, the FBI literally had to arrest a white supremacist up in Oregon a couple of years ago for threatening me and my family. But apparently, you know, again, everyone I don't like is, is a white supremacist who wants to 
facilitate mass shootings. This is the this is the argument that the left likes to make. And the real reason that they are making this argument, particularly right now, is because Joe Biden is just just getting destroyed in the polls. His job approval is down to 39 percent, 42 percent among registered voters, 56 percent of Adults, 44% of registered voters disapprove of Joe Biden at this point. Three quarters of Americans, literally three quarters, say that the country is on the wrong track. So it's time to pull out the, I'm the soul of the country and all my opponents are white supremacists. You know what? Good luck with that. Good luck with that argument. Because it turns out Americans have a right to be upset about illegal immigration. They have a right to be concerned about whether new immigrants to America are assimilating. They have a right to be concerned about the future of the economy. They have a right to be concerned about all of these things. And that is not the same thing as saying that Jewish elites are facilitating the degradation of the racial stock of the United States, which is the actual great replacement theory. Already coming up, many in the media are proclaiming that everyone they disagree with is responsible for violence. Well, I, I just have a question for the media. Are you responsible for violence when you actively promote propaganda from terrorist groups? Well, if all of this robs you of your sleep, this might be because you actually need a better mattress. You need a Helix Sleep mattress. I've had Helix Sleep mattress for years at this point. Let me tell you, it is all that stands between me and getting no sleep at all. My Helix Sleep Mattress was made just for me. They have a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for someone else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. Everybody's unique. Helix knows that. They have several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattresses great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Mattress is great for spinal alignment, prevent morning aches and pains, even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers. I took the Helix quiz. I was matched to a specifically firm mattress that is very breathable because I tend to heat up a lot at night. If you are looking for a mattress, you take the quiz, you order the mattress, you're matched to the mattress, comes right to your doorship for free. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store again. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Ben, take their two-minute sleep quiz, they'll match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. They've got a 10-year warranty, you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will, because, I mean, everybody loves a mattress made just for them. For a limited time, Helix is offering up to 350 bucks off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. This is their best offer yet. Hurry over to helixsleep.com slash Ben to get started. All righty, the Women's March was this weekend. In case you were too busy enjoying your life to notice angry, angry people being angry. I don't want to misgender anybody because they're, they're people, not, not women. Shouting incoherent things about the right to murder kids in the womb at any point in pregnancy. Well, if you missed that, there was a much better piece of content for you to take in and also to disseminate to your friends who went to the so-called Women's March, even if we don't know what a woman is. If they'd stayed home and watched our New Daily War original documentary, Choosing Death, The Legacy of Roe, they might have actually learned something like some relevant facts, context, history, they could have incorporated into all of their costume chanting and graphic sign waving. You can help us fight back. Become a Daily Wire member. Watch Choosing Death, The Legacy of Roe. Hear the facts and stories the abortion regime has suppressed for generations. Here's the trailer. Um, many times when we did this, as we started, uh, patients would began crying and protesting. But once we had begun dilating the cervix and passing instruments into the uterus, it was too late to stop. I was handing hush money to women who we had left pieces of their baby. We had put these women's lives in jeopardy. We had put their lives at risk and we were literally giving them a check for $800. And for a poor woman, $800 is a lot of money. I mean, there have been so many moments in the last decade plus of going undercover in abortion clinics myself and seeing 
just heartbreaking things. Women vomiting in the hallway of an abortion clinic, crying out in pain. The late-term abortionists talking casually about how they would literally leave a born alive baby to die. Or if you deliver the baby in the toilet, then you pick it up and stuff it in a plastic bag and bring it to us. Babies are being born alive and the backs of their necks are being slit. They are being drowned. Um, their necks are being snapped. It's, it's happening more often than people want to think about. These abortion facilities, these abortion providers, these doctors, they don't care about these women. And you're just, you're realizing that you're watching in front of your own eyes play out America's greatest horror story, which is how we butcher children in the name of choice. We here at The Daily Wire are involved in telling the truth. We want you to help your friends learn the truth. Head on over to dailywire.com slash choosing. Help us expose abortion's full, gruesome truth. The fight for life has all come down to this moment. Again, dailywire.com slash choosing. It's one of the most important pieces of film we have ever made. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. So you want to talk about the media actually facilitating people getting killed, facilitating violence abroad? Well, maybe if you support the agenda of terrorist groups and repeat all their propaganda, that would do it. So here I'm speaking about what's currently going on in Israel. So there is a journalist, her name was Shireen Abu Akla, and she was killed in some sort of firefight between Islamic terrorists and the Israelis in Janine. What led up to that firefight in Janine was the fact that there had been 19 Israelis murdered by seven terrorists in the last month in Israel. And so Israel every so often has to go into heavily radicalized areas like Janine and try and target terrorists and try to kill them. And so IDF forces went into Janine to try to capture one particular Islamic Jihad terrorist who was operating in that part of Janine. And the Palestinians opened fire on the Israelis. They started throwing Molotov cocktails. They returned fire. And in the middle of this exchange of fire, Abu Akla was hit by a bullet that killed her. And another Al Jazeera journalist next to her was also shot. Now, one thing became clear within minutes. It was not clear who actually shot the bullet that killed Abu Akla. It was, it was absolutely unclear. How do we know that it was unclear? Because the Israelis said, okay, we don't know who shot that bullet. And the Palestinians who immediately claimed, including Al Jazeera, which is a propaganda outlet for the Qatari government, Al Jazeera immediately claimed it was the Israelis. Within minutes, the Palestinians were now saying, well, we actually, well, we're, not, we're not sure. And not only are we not sure, we will not cooperate with any joint investigation with the Israelis into who shot the bullet that killed Abu Akla. Because the Israelis were like, okay, let's do a joint investigation. Let's find out who did this. Let's find out how this happened. And Palestinians are like, nope. The Israelis are like, well, can we at least see the bullet? Because if you show us the bullet, we can tell you whether it came from an Israeli gun. We have all the guns over here, so we can tell you whether it was from our guns or whether it was from your... Nope, we wouldn't turn over the bullet. Instead, it was, we will submit a complaint to the International Criminal Court, a wildly anti-Israel court, and we'll go after the Israelis. So everybody in the mainstream legacy media started parroting the propaganda that Abu Akla was murdered in cold blood by the Israelis. I'm talking everybody from CNN anchors to the folks over at the BBC. They all start parroting this idea, promoted, as always, by terrorists in the West Bank or in the Gaza Strip, that Israel is going out of its way to shoot innocent journalists. 
which is simply untrue. And this is promoted, of course, by the same media that ignores the simple fact that literally hundreds, hundreds of journalists have been killed over the course of the last couple of years in war zones all over the world, and they don't receive any sort of coverage like this. So they just immediately buy into the propaganda that the Palestinian Authority starts putting out there. They just start putting out this propaganda. Okay, so then there's a funeral held for Shireen Abu Akleh. And the media is filled with video of Israeli police apparently beating the pallbearers, right? This is what you saw all over the media was the Israeli police beating the pallbearers. So this is the very selective video that you were shown, which looks like the police going in there and hitting the people who are carrying Abu Akla's coffin through Jerusalem. And here's what that looked like. Is you see the Israeli police and they're going in there and they're hitting some of the people who are carrying the coffin and the coffin starts to kind of fall and then it is propped up. It looks like it's almost going to fall and then they prop it up. Okay, so what actually happened here? What actually happened here? Okay, the media just report, they just put this clip out there like the Israeli police are out there for no reason apparently just beating up funeral pallbearers, which would be the stupidest PR in human history, right? The dumbest PR in human history would be you are accused of murdering a journalist and then you go to the funeral and unleash the cops on the pallbearers. So is that actually what happened? Of course, that's not actually what happened. What actually happened is that according to the Washington Post itself, according to the Washington Post, buried several paragraphs down into the article, by noon, a crowd of several hundred formed at the entrance to St. Joseph's Hospital in East Jerusalem, where Abu Akla's body had rested overnight. In the minutes before the procession was due to leave the hospital, several dozen Muslim men lined up for Friday prayers, kneeling in the parking lot. Behind them, two mourners held up large floral crosses. Then the crowd gathered with Palestinian flags waving. God is great as some chanted in Arabic from Jerusalem to Junine. God bless your soul, Shireen. But a group of men in the crowd prevented a hearse from backing up to the hospital door, saying they were intent on carrying her body on their shoulders. The standoff eventually prompted Akla's brother, sitting on a man's shoulders, to beseech the crowd to let the hearse through. For God's sake, let us put her in the car and finish the day, he said. So Abu Akla's own family was begging the people who grabbed her coffin to not do this. On the shoulder, on the shoulder, the people chanted and beat the hearse with sticks until it pulled away for a second time. The crowd cheered when the men eventually dragged the coffin out on their shoulders, followed by a stretcher carrying the journalist's blue bullet-ridden vest. But Israeli police at the hospital gate refused to let the crowd through. And within minutes, a squad in riot gear pushed forward. So here's what actually happened. The family of the slain journalist was working with the Israeli police to facilitate the funeral. And that was supposed to be that the coffin was put into a hearse and taken to a local church where they were going to actually do the funeral. Instead, a bunch of Palestinian rioters literally broke what the family wanted, grabbed the coffin out of the hearse, beat the hearse with sticks until it left, and then started tromping around the coffin. So the Israeli police go in to stop all of this. And what happens? As you can see from this footage, you'll see in this footage, Palestinians hurling rocks at Israeli police. And then, and then this is what you do if you're a good pallbearer. I know I've been to many funerals and I've been a pallbearer at a few of them. What I do when I'm, at a pall, when I'm pallbearing a funeral, you know, I have respect for the dead, is what I do is I throw rocks at the cops and then I immediately hide under the coffin, which is what you can actually see in this footage. People are throwing rocks at the cops and then they're going and hiding underneath the coffin in order so that the Israeli police have to go and try and get them out of there. And it looks like they're beating the pallbearers. So here is the actual footage. You can see it. Okay, so in the upper right-hand corner, you can see somebody flinging the rock. There he goes. And where is he going? Okay, so different angle, flinging the rock. Hey, and here he goes. 
Where he's going to duck into? Oh, right under the coffin. Right under the coffin. So you have Palestinians flinging rocks at the cops and bottles at the cops, injuring several of them, by the way, and then hiding under the coffin. The way that this is reported by the world media is, look at those brutal, horrible, evil Israelis who are randomly beating pallbearers for no reason. This is retweeted by major CNN anchors, uncritically. And then you want to know who is fostering the ambitions of actual terrorists? That kind of stuff. When actual terrorist groups put out propaganda and then you mirror the propaganda of actual terrorist groups, not just like you have the same thematic beliefs, but you actually mirror the actual hardcore propaganda that they are putting out. This does make you complicit in the kind of violence that they are promoting. And that is the legacy media doing that sort of stuff. So you want to talk about who's responsible for violence? Maybe it's the people who are not just backing the narrative, but actively promoting lies that are promulgated by people who actively participate in violence. That seems like that should be a little bit more of a problem. So again, when, when it comes to the media labeling people complicit in violence, all I have to say is somebody needs to buy these folks a mirror. They really, really do. The number of Americans who truly believe that the racial stock of America is being degraded through a Jewish conspiracy to ship in black and brown people, that is a very small number of evil and violent people. And it is not the vast majority of the Republican Party, but that's not what the media are telling you. And the number of members of the media who are actively willing to promulgate propaganda on behalf of actual honest-to-God terror groups turns out to be relatively high, so long as it serves the political purposes of a political side of the aisle, which truly is pretty despicable. Alrighty, folks, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content, including coverage of the giant abortion protests all over the country. In the meantime, go check out The Michael Moles Show. That's available right now. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Help spread the word about The Ben Shapiro Show by giving us a five-star review and sharing the show with a friend. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to check out some of our other Daily Wire shows. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Bradford Carrington. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Wydowski. Associate producer, Savannah Dominguez-Morris. Editor, Adam Saievitz. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup artist and wardrobe, Fabiola Cristina. Production coordinator, Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022. The pro-abortion movement's nationwide rallies in support of Roe v. Wade flop. A Wisconsin school district brings a Title IX sexual harassment suit against middle school students for not using a student's preferred pronouns. And a racist kills 10 people at a supermarket in Buffalo. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show. Michael Knowles Show. 